Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Vice Guide to Right Now, a daily rundown of all things Vice. It's Tuesday, January 16th. I'm Chris Hardy. Today we're talking about how video games will handle the toxic politics of 2018. Here's Waypoint's Austin Walker and Rob Zachney in conversation. So 2017 was a kind of a terrible year across politics, across culture, lots of toxicity, lots of negativity, uh, lots of of oppression. Um, But games stepped up to the plate in a way that they don't traditionally do. Uh, I think we think about video games as fun time killers. You're going to be Mario. You're going to jump on some heads. You're going to kill some Goombas. You're going to get behind a car. You're going to race around. This is still Mario. Mario's behind a cart in this. He's going to pick up a tennis racket. Mario does a lot. uh, And that is what we think of as video games. In 2017, we saw them actually address some of these issues. Night in the Woods talked about uh, economics and about culture in a way that we didn't expect. Small games like Butterfly Soup zoomed in all the way to Asian queer culture in Oakland and we're able to tell stories and, and represent people in a way that you never think video games can do. Wolfenstein, a uh, new colossus, talked about uh, a rampant strain of, of white nationalism and white supremacy in the American ideology at the core of American ideology. Uh, and so we saw, in a good way, games are able to address these things. I think the thing about games is that sometimes they want to give the appearance of having something to say without actually saying anything like and i worry if i'm being pessimistic i would say 2018 is sort of the ripped from the headlines year in video games where a lot of games are going to come out and they will have topical themes but are they going to handle those themes sort of like in a responsible or meaningful fashion and i think uh you know one of the games we're most you know apprehensive but also anticipating is maybe uh, Ubisoft's Far Cry 5. Right. Far Cry is a long-running series where traditionally, as a player, you went to a tropical or, or quote-unquote exotic locale and killed a bunch of brown people uh, and, and did it in a, in a beautiful setting. Well, a lot of them were mercenaries, to be fair. Some of them were brown mercenaries. You're right. Uh, and now, this year, uh, it's actually taking place, instead of being in kind of a fictionalized island setting or in the Himalayas, it takes place in Montana. And a lot of the early pitch of Far Cry 5, which is a game that comes out uh, in March, is is that it's going to be about kind of a, taking on a cult that has kind of a, a sort of a sovereign citizen militia vibe. It's, it's very, um, you know, Bundy, very like... Ooh, the the rural America is fighting back, is it is advancing the doomsday clock. They want what's theirs. And in some ways, that early pitch felt very resonant. You know, the the, the first pitch of this game came out uh, midway through last year when it was not necessarily clear how bad things were going to get, but it felt like things were going to continue getting bad. And this is a game that was in development for years. And during that time, the development team has said that they did research uh, sovereign citizen militias, uh, kind of uh, border, you know, uh, self self-appointed border guards and, and all sorts of white nationalist elements. But now it's been a few months, and it seems as we get closer and closer to release, like maybe they're not digging into those topics so much as using them as wallpaper. Yeah, I think what they're trying to do is they're creating a villain that everybody can agree on as villainous. Right. But the problem is that 
the initial pitch was the villain was going to be resonant of a lot of like, you know, toxic and sort of malignant strands of right wing reactionary thought in America. And sort of the direction it seems to be going is that's getting watered down so that the enemy, this cult in Far Cry 5, will echo certain elements of like, yeah, uh, sovereign citizen militias, uh, self-appointed border guards, uh, to a degree, maybe the kind of people who join ICE. Right. Um, They will echo that, but they will try to draw a line between what makes these people villainous and then what good ordinary Americans represent. And I'm not sure you can actually... If you're going to say something, you you actually can't thread that needle. Right. Like you need you to can't be able play to point both out. sides. You can't be offensive here. Right. It's a multicultural cult now versus the sort of early appearances of being a kind of uh, hard right extremist movement. And it's like, mm, like you're so close to saying a thing. Please just step up to the plate and actually say something. Uh, another game that takes place in, in sort of the the open wilderness of America, like Far Cry is aiming to, is Red Dead Redemption Two, which is Rockstar's follow up to the very popular kind of cowboy Wild West game, Red Dead Redemption. And that's a game that obviously isn't set, isn't set in the modern era, but those stories tend to always stumble into or, or charge headfirst into a politics. Uh, what, what does America mean? What does capturing the West, colonizing the West, taking land from other people mean? And early trailers have already definitely revealed that there will be Native American characters, there will be a story of, of revenge and, and all that good stuff, but also this underlying notion of American wilderness versus American urban spaces, new civilization, new settlements. And Rockstar has, I'd say, a rocky history with dealing with some of those things. They take a lot of swings. They do a lot of satirizing of American culture, and sometimes they hit, but a lot of the times they miss, and it's those in the margins who are the ones who end up getting hit. Yeah, they very much have a lens that's informed by things like people's history of the United States and then a lot of like American pop culture, and they're trying to send it up in all their works. And one of the threads that run through a lot of Rockstar's works is that, like, America has always been uh, hypocritical in a lot of its, like, uh, self-described virtues and values and then how most Americans and institutions behave. And that's good. That's that's a valuable thing to talk about. That's a valuable thing to point out. But do they handle it responsibly or wisely? Uh, and do they also try to sort of have their cake and eat it, too, when it comes to things like making racism funny, making victimization funny. I do not think Rockstar have always handled those themes well. And when you're talking about the American West and the frontier and, uh, you know, the effect of land and genocides that happened out there, you can't just have marginalized people there as stock characters Mm -hmm. that are there to sort of bounce send-ups of, uh, you know, outlaw Josie Wales off of. Right. Well, the other thing there, too, very briefly before we move on, is just like, the Rockstar model is nihilistic. It's there's nothing you can trust. There is no speaking truth to power. There is only kind of shouting into the void about how shitty everything is. Uh, and again, there is some degree of value there when you're taking shots at uh, kind of an entrenched power structure. But I wish that they would make games where when I left, I felt empowered to go do something. I think Wolfenstein from last year maybe has its own missteps. I definitely think it does. But I left that game feeling like, you know what? Yes, like there are steps that you can take. There are ways in which you can move forward. There are There is such a thing as resistance. And I would love to see Rockstar start to incorporate that sort of ethos in, in their games. Uh, the last game we want to talk about very briefly is a game called Detroit Become Human. It's a strange name. Again, Detroit Become Human. It's by uh, a studio that's made a handful of other games you may have heard of. 
Beyond Two Souls, which starred uh, Ellen Page, actually, and Willem Dafoe, um, that's coming out this year on the PlayStation 4, uh, is going to be a sort of Blade Runner-esque story told from multiple positions, multiple perspectives, about Detroit in the future, in which a new class of, of being takes away all the jobs. They're androids. And it, it looks like it's going to be a very familiar kind of class and race uh, analogy that you know, I want this. I want this person to make games that I love. They're very cinematic. They're very beautiful. They they have such high aspirations. But time and time again, this director has kind of missed the note. And I'm just, I don't know, Rob. What do you think? Yeah, they're like uh, blockbuster movie versions of like choose your own adventures. But that's it. Yeah. If everything about that blockbuster was just a little bit wrong, uh, <laughs> and part of that is because like you know there's a history of using voice actors from like France or or uh, Quebec like Im- doing impersonations basically of American Philadelphia accents. Yeah. Right, and so when you start adding sort of like racial elements to that when you're talking about like you know the the city of Detroit and then you're also piling on top of that this idea that androids are stand-ins for minorities in the first place it's a difficult it's a, it's a difficult set of plates to keep spinning and i don't think history has shown that you know they've really managed to do that in all their games. Well, and here we have uh, a game with Jesse Williams starring in it in a, in a major role. Jesse Williams, Grey's Anatomy, but also civil rights uh, advocate. And it's like, oh, you have the pieces. You could do something that really works here. We'll have to see. That'll be out sometime later this year on the PlayStation 4. But I think a lot of what we've been talking about here have been like major blockbuster releases. And I think if you're going to see where games are maybe stepping up to the plate the most successfully and sort of maybe knocking it out of the park when it comes to the politics of 2018, you're going to be looking at more independent creators, independent studios, uh, the sort of people who created the most politically successful works of 2017 are going to continue doing great work in 2018. Marginalized creators have tools uh, available to them now where they can make these little games that speak to them, to their communities. Uh, And, you know, to to, to plug us a little bit, we'll be covering those all year over at Waypoint, waypointadvice.com. That's it for now. Thanks for listening. For more news and culture, check out vice.com and tune in again tomorrow for another Vice Guide to Right Now.